Hey Texas Values Facebook friends and those listening to our podcast and even the show at the bridge on the weekend. Welcome to the Texas Values Report. My name is Mary Elizabeth Castle and I'm the Director of Government Relations for Texas Values and I'm very excited to share with you this weekend. Uh, we don't have a guest this weekend, but we still have a lot of things going on in the area of faith, family, and freedom. So I hope I can share with you a few updates on things going on in those arenas and to just share with you what we're doing at Texas Values, because even though the session is over, our work has not stopped. Uh, but even if our work is still very busy, I'm just glad to be back. I've uh, been out of the country for a little bit and been on business travel. I can talk more about that later. Definitely had a time to relax and have fun, but also a lot of time of spiritual reflection. I was blessed to have the opportunity to go to the Holy Land this summer. Um, a lot of fun, you know, visiting a lot of historical and biblical sites, but also a lot of, you know, spiritual reflection, um, being able to be with my church members and having the uh, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity of being baptized in the Jordan River, which is something that is, you know, very important to my faith and was just a great expression of, you know, being born again, which I'm definitely um, grateful for. But to get on to things related to the issues that you care about, I thought for this show, we would talk about suits. Now, not a lot of people like talking about lawsuits, especially when they're contentious or they're not on their side, but you should be very happy and proud of some of the lawsuits that have been happening, at least at the U.S. Supreme Court level. And then later on, I'll talk about some lawsuits that might affect you and some things that you care about later on in the show. But first, I just wanted to talk about the suits at the U.S. Supreme Court level, because every year we come around this time where we have this summer term of the U.S. Supreme Court, and we sometimes have winners and losers, especially when it comes to our issues. But thankfully, because we have such a strong makeup of the U.S. Supreme Court, now we can always have a very interesting summer where we celebrate a lot of wins when it comes to pro-life and religious liberty. I mean, we can't forget last summer at the U.S. Supreme Court. I mean, to have Roe versus Wade overturned. So this Supreme Court that we have right now uh, is really making history and setting a good name for themselves. So it can only go up from there uh, to see very good victories uh, coming down and having good precedent and laws, you know, for the rest of us in America. And one of those cases this summer that was a good victory was um, the Groff versus DeJoy case, um, that was a huge victory for religious liberty. Um, it was regarding a postal worker who wanted to be able to take the Sabbath off uh, to rest. And I think that's a very interesting, uh, you know, claim and thing that he asked for his employer, you know, showing how serious, you know, he is about his faith. You know, I believe in kind of the secular culture that we've gone into in our society, we don't really recognize things like the Sabbath, um, even, you know, as everyday Christians. You know, at one time we had the Texas blue laws where, you know, certain stores or you couldn't buy things, you know, on Sundays. Um, you know, like I said, I was just in Israel and they celebrate the Sabbath very seriously. They celebrate what they call Shabbat. Um, and that's when they 
actually closed down uh, basically the entire city around 3 p.m. to start preparing and cooking uh, because they won't use machinery or have stores open or perform any form of what they consider work from sundown uh, on Friday until sundown on Saturday. And, you know, in that culture, they take that very seriously um, when the Bible says that on the seventh day, God rested, and that should be a day honoring the Lord in resting. And, you know, this employee wanted to make sure that he honored that, that he didn't have to work on Sunday, you know, maybe working even five or six days a week. He just wanted that one day on Sunday because of his faith to really honor uh, what he believed in and take that day off. Um, but because of some bad precedent, or some confusing precedent, uh, his employers felt like they couldn't give that to him, and that somehow that cost them a burden as a business. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court handed down their decision and said that you should be able to give this postal worker the Sabbath off because the standard of saying a de minimis injury to the business uh, should be no more. Sh if there's a large, uh, substantial injury to the business, um, in order to grant that religious accommodation, then maybe. But there was nothing that really should have kept the employers from giving this one employee the Sabbath off in favor of his religious beliefs. And so this may seem like a minor victory to you, but it's really huge because you never know. You may be at work and there may be an opportunity where you want to express your faith in the workplace, but no longer can your employer say, this is a minor inconvenience for me. I just rather you not. You now have basically larger and bigger rights at the workplace to express your religious beliefs and observe your faith um, in the workplace. And so this is the right step forward. And it's showing this trend that we're seeing at the U.S. Supreme Court of the moving uh, towards favorable decisions towards religious liberty. And a lot of that is due to the new makeup of the Supreme Court, uh, thanks to justices like Amy Coney Barrett, Justice Kavanaugh, uh, even Justice Gorsuch. Um, and we should be, you know, expecting a lot more in the area of religious liberty when it comes to these U.S. Supreme Court decisions. And if you want to know more about that particular case, I would recommend you go back to our podcast from a few weeks ago where our president, Jonathan Sides, interviewed um, an attorney from First Liberty Institute, one of our partners, um, and they talked more in detail about that case. So if you want to know more details about that case, definitely check out First Liberty Institute. Go back to our podcast from a few weeks ago. If you want to know more about how that could affect you and your religious liberty rights in the Supreme um, uh, in that Supreme Court decision. Uh, next, another one that we've been talking about some is the 303 Creative case. Uh, some of you may have been aware of this case for some time, um, and you may associate it with another person uh, who was also a creator or artist and wanted to be able to hold his religious beliefs. But this particular case uh, involves Lori Smith. She owns a graphic design company, and she lives in Colorado. Now, if you're familiar with Colorado and religious liberty rights, the first name that comes to mind is Jack Phillips. We all know about Jack Phillips from several years ago, who's become kind of a legend in religious liberty, who was uh, asked to bake a cake for a gay wedding um, and refused because of his sincerely held religious beliefs on marriage and sexuality. 
you may remember how far that case went and he was taken all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, well, the basis and the background of why they were trying to go after Jack Phillips was because Colorado does have what they call like an anti-discrimination act, which says you cannot discriminate based on sexuality and gender identity. I will add, you might think that, oh, that's Colorado, that seems very far left and very much like their culture, but you should be aware and just be on the watch because these type of bills uh, go through our Texas legislature every year and our organization has to fight them. So just because you think it's Colorado and you think, oh, that of course happened to Jack Phillips, this of course happened to Lori Smith, uh, don't let it get past you because it's very um possible that these bills are being introduced um, in the Texas legislature. And that's something that uh, we are on the lookout every session. But getting back to this case, Lori Smith is a graphic designer. She wants to be able to design for weddings, but they have this role in Colorado, the Anti-Discrimination Act, that would basically compel her or force her to make a graphic design, wedding invitations, website, or whatever she uses her services for, for you know, maybe a gay wedding or maybe a transgender message, something that goes against her sincerely held religious beliefs. Well, thankfully, uh, the US Supreme Court came down on her side and says, regardless what Colorado has in place, uh, the First Amendment has her back. She's protected by the First Amendment to where she can't be compelled to make speech that goes against her sincerely held religious beliefs. And so this is a great victory. Um, it's a great precedent for other um, laws in our state and in our country, and it's leading us on the right direction. You know, I will say that even though we have this victory, and it's a sigh of relief to a lot of us in Texas, I think we can't take for granted that there's still attacks on religious liberty, and we need to always be grateful for these type of decisions. Uh, I was here in 2019 when we tried to pass the Safe Chick-fil-A bill, which was granting the religious liberty rights of businesses to where they could have sincerely held religious beliefs as businesses and you know still have contracts with the government. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we still just have our basic RIFRA in our state and, you know, trying to make sure we have extra protection for Christian counselors to make sure they don't have to cancel counsel against their religious beliefs or to even protect the religious liberty rights of students in schools to where they don't have to use preferred pronouns or they don't have to participate um, in a Pride Month, you know, celebration. You know, those things are still on the list of what we wanna work on at the Texas legislature, but we're grateful that we have this backing of the US Supreme Court um, in order to make sure that we protect the religious liberty rights of all people and that you can't be compelled to speak. And that of course, always your religious liberty rights are protected in the workplace. Well, that's enough of US Supreme Court rulings for now. Uh, we're still, um, keeping watch on different things that are happening in relation to the laws that we passed at the Texas legislature. And these lawsuits are a little more close to home. So the US Supreme Court rulings, very monumental, can impact you in your everyday life, but you're probably sitting there wondering what is happening in our state of Texas. And every year or every two years after we pass laws at our Texas legislature, 
you can always expect that the other side will file lawsuits. And that's exactly what they have done. Now, they have filed a lawsuit against SB 14, which is the law protecting kids from harmful gender transition surgeries and procedures. And they're being very bold in their lawsuit. This was filed a couple of weeks ago and claiming that in denying them the right to have these surgeries and procedures for their children, we are denying them parental rights. It's a very interesting twist on philosophy. They know that our side really appreciates parental rights, but just like every right, we understand not every right is absolute. And so if a parent is doing something that we think is harmful, then of course our government is going to stand in and say that this cannot be done. And we know just how harmful these procedures can be. These are irreversible procedures. These hormone uh, hormone replacement, these hormone blockers, these cross-sex hormones that they're giving uh, have all of these side effects that affect their lives later on that they don't even realize as children. And so we know the harm of gender transitioning is a lot greater than any claimed harm that the other side is saying they have for uh, their parental rights being violated if that's truly the case. Um, so we believe we'll prevail in that lawsuit. It has been assigned, but we have not had the first hearing, uh, so to speak. But when, as soon as we know that this case is moving along, we will keep you updated at Texas Values. So be on the lookout because we will make sure you have that information on that lawsuit. Also, uh, recently this week, uh, we had a lawsuit filed against HB 900, um, you re remember, and you probably can't forget all of the explicit library books that were in children's libraries over the past couple of years. We've had several hearings on this issue. We had interim, interim hearings last summer on the inappropriate library books that were found in elementary school libraries and high school libraries. Uh, we heard some of the passages that were read in committee hearings, and we know that this is even a national issue. Well, we were thankful to this session almost immediately stop this issue by passing HB 900, uh, making sure that there's accountability, guardrails, and parameters to make sure that these sexually explicit books are not making their way in our school libraries. Well, as expected, there has been a lawsuit filed against HB 900. Interesting enough, this lawsuit is being filed against the leader of the Texas Library Association, the chairman of the State Board of Education, Kevin Ellis, and um, the commissioner of education in Texas, Mike Morath. Um, there are the typical claims that they have uh, for this lawsuit, say, claiming you know First Amendment rights, claiming vagueness, um, but we're pretty confident that uh, this law will prevail uh, over this lawsuit. Again, it was filed recently this week, so we don't have any updates on movement on that case, but we will be sure to make uh, to give that information to you uh, once that moves along. Next, I wanted to talk about uh, education. So we're getting to the end of the summer, and a lot of you are getting ready to uh, have your children go back to school. You're thinking about uh, maybe back to school shopping. You're thinking about uh, maybe your child just graduated. Um, they're headed off to college. Or maybe your child is going from one 
next stage of education to another. Maybe they're going from middle school to high school. At whatever stage they are in, you're thinking about those ending summer days, um, whether you're happy they're going back to school or you're sad to see them go. Uh, I know this is something that is on your mind and it'll be August before you, you know it. So I think it'll be helpful just if our, you, our listeners, know a few facts or a few things that'll be helpful in the school year when it comes to uh, having your kid be able to go to school and have a fulfilling life um, as a Christian student. Every summer, right before the school year starts, and sometimes we'll release this maybe late August or early September, we release an article on our website about things you need to know about going back to school. And if you want to go ahead and check that out, you can visit txvalues.org and find past articles. A lot of the information we share every year is the same. We might have a few uh, new things to add this year, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. But I thought I would just get a head start and make sure that you had some helpful things in your back pocket um, before uh, we even publish that article. So you can start thinking about these things um, before your child goes back to school. Um, so the first thing you should be aware of is what I just mentioned is that, you know, at the beginning of the school year or maybe in September, Texas Values will be publishing a back to school and know your rights um, piece that you can find on our website at txvalues.org. I think it will be helpful just to review that because a lot of you have been coming to our events, you've been talking to me and our staff and expressing some of the things that are happening on campus. And it's very important that you as a parent feel empowered and confident to be able to hold the school accountable on what they should be teaching your child, what you're able to view as a parent and your child's rights as a Christian student at their school. So be on the lookout for that. Um, number two, something you should also know is that the Biden administration rewrite of Title IX, we've been talking a lot about that, um, it has been delayed, but it hasn't been denied. So his rewrite of Title IX that would redefine sex um, to include gender identity, it has been denied almost close to two years since it's been proposed, uh, but he's planning to delay it until October. So there's still a chance, unfortunately, of this rule going into place. But we are still continuing our efforts in order to stop that. You know, if the federal government does not have the money in order to implement a policy or a law, then they can implement it. And so that is something that we have been working with on the national level to make sure that the U.S. House Appropriations budget has provisions in place to make sure that that rewrite is not funded and other things aren't funded like gender transition surgeries. So check out that on our website too. We wrote a blog post on that, um, how we're working with other groups across the country to make sure that provision is not funded. Um, but it's very important for you to be on the lookout because that rule could very much go into place in Octo October, even if we're trying our best to make sure that it does not. Uh, number three, something that interests is an interest to some of you is that we're still uh, expecting a special session in October related to the school choice issue. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that even this week. I was at the Texas Tribune on Tuesday morning. Uh, they had a panel on what we accomplished in the session related to education, which we did accomplish a lot, even if they you know, think differently at the Texas Tribune. We did accomplish a lot, but there's still anticipation that Governor Greg Abbott will call a special session in October 
in relation to the school choice issue, which is boiling down to the main fact of making sure that every child has the best option that they have for their education. Well, it looks like I have only five minutes left. Um, if you wanna know more about education and things that you should know before your kid goes back to school, again, be on the lookout for uh, that piece on your rights to know for back to school. We'll be putting that out soon, um, but definitely wanna be empowered as a parent um, to know what your child has a right um, in the classroom um, and making sure that you're empowered to you know, speak to school officials um, if there's ever a violation of those religious liberty rights. I just wanted to close with a few things that are exciting um, for Texas Values. We're still staying busy over the summer and we've had a lot of time to reflect and celebrate. Uh, one thing that was very special last week is our policy team was able to go to a national meeting. We're associated with the Family Policy Alliance, which holds uh, organization like ours in 20 other states across the country um, doing the type of work that we do for religious liberty, pro-life um, and marriage and family issues. And Texas Values was able to get a lot of good information last week, but we were actually part of a celebration. So you can be proud that your Texas Values team was honored last Friday night um, at this meeting for our work on the gender modification issue and passing that law. They discussed there's been a sea change. Um, we're seeing a lot more states uh, joining in this effort to stop this harmful practice of gender transitioning of minors. So it was very special for our team to be honored on stage uh, last Friday in Florida at this event. Uh, not only that, but Family Policy Alliance actually published a video uh, to celebrate this new movement of having these gender transition bans across the country and they featured uh, Texas values, especially um, our president Jonathan Sines was featured in this video. So you can be very proud of Texas and um, the organization you support Texas values because we're doing great work and people on the national level are recognizing that. Um, also something very big that I don't want you to forget and you can go on the internet right now, uh, whether you're listening to this podcast later or listening to it live, uh, open up your browser and go to txvalues.org and you can purchase right now your ticket to the policy forum. And this is an event you don't want to miss. And I know you don't want to miss it because so many people uh, come up to me and say this is their favorite event of the year for Texas Values, a policy forum. If, if you've never been, then you're completely missing out. You want to make sure you come this year to our policy forum. It'll be on September 15th and 16th. We have a great number of speakers already. You can go to our website to look at that list of speakers. We have Riley Gaines. We have two Texas Supreme Court justices. We have Abby Johnson and many great other people and more to come. So you don't wanna miss that event. Please right now, before you forget, before we're already to September, please right now go buy your ticket to our policy forum. You don't wanna miss it. Again, it's September 15th and 16th, and it'll be again at Great Hills Baptist Church. Now it takes a lot to do the work that we do and you know, even though we've come off of kind of our traditional fundraising season, 
fundraising never stops. Uh, we have to make sure we have the resources, we have the people available to do this work, the people to be able to put on this great radio show. Um, the honor that we got as an organization last week, uh, not many organizations can say that they're being recognized on a national level for the work they're doing on these issues to protecting our children. Uh, there is a lot of talk about our organization and the success we have, but none of that is free. Uh, so please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Texas Values. You can go right now to txvalues.org. Um, you can also uh, donate by text. Uh, you can even call our office and make a donation. But things that are worth it, things that go to the investment of the kingdom, uh, those are things that are worth the cost. Um, even if it's small, even if it's minimal, those things are worth it because the work we're doing is eternal. So if you're at home thinking about where you're going to give your money, um, thinking about you have a little change, maybe you didn't go on vacation and you just have a little bit in savings, uh, consider making a donation to Texas Values because that money will go a long way, not just in passing laws, not just in making sure we have the adequate staff, but making sure that we're building up the kingdom for eternity. So thank you so much for tuning into Texas Values Report. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have a very exciting guest for you. But until next time, this has been Mary Elizabeth Castle with Texas Values. Have an excellent weekend and a great summer.